New York football is finally cool again, but we all know playoff chances will falter by the time the ball drops in Times Square on New Year's. Hey, that and more geographically related jokes this week on The Push-Off. Thank you, everybody, to a new episode of Push Off Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week while it gets you ready for the next. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us, as always, it's... Dan, there is merit to enjoy this episode. Right. <laughs> Very nice. Dan, yeah, uh, week six done, on to week seven. Bye weeks have begun. So we get two less games this week uh, to feast our eyes on, but plenty... And you know, some some wild ones, some ones where the the uh, un uh, the underdogs won, where you just did not see it coming. So we got a fun one to talk about this week. Yeah, we're talking about you, San Francisco. What the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, some big, you know, a loss in Lambo, Tampa losing to uh, well, half, you know, for a while they're a rookie QB. Yeah, yeah. we'll talk about them all. Um, the ones we won't talk about, the bye weeks, the Lions, the Raiders, Texans, and Titans. We'll get you guys set up for week seven, but they had the bye this week. They all Those um, teams all needed a fucking break. That's, it, they, that's for that's certain. That's not a strong list of names there. The Titans are falling you know, backwards into some luck here <laughs> of late. They're probably in the best situation the Titans are, but yeah, the rest are uh, looking for some more wins. Needs some help. Um, I did bring up here the the uh, right before we started. I brought up to you the Texans firing their executive vice president Jack Easterby on this bye week. That's what the Texans did with their time. So it's interesting to Jack Easterby has been this weird fucking dude um, that has existed in the Texans organization for like no reason. Um, that's the fucking weird thing is uh, he was like a minister. For the Kansas yeah, right? City Chiefs. Very religious is what I've heard of him. Yeah, it's super fucking weird. Um, he basically, you know, was like a preacher, like a culture builder. And, I mean, it's Houston. It's Texas. Mm-hmm. You know, that is the culture. It is a religious sort of thing. God and football. God and football. Got to remember. Um, <laughs> and, and it's super fucking weird. He basically, like, got in with Bill O'Brien... He got in with the McNair family and then, like, stayed there. And then there was a power struggle, and he basically got Bill O'Brien out and then stayed on as, like, a sort of VP. But, like, he has no real football fucking knowledge. That's the crazy thing. Like, he's he's never played football. He was, like, an interim. He was, like, a character coach, which is super fucking, like, what is a character coach? You know, My, it's, mentored coaches, PGA Tour, MLB. So he was like, yeah, he, athlete development consultant. I'll tell you what it sounds like. It sounds like fucking shyster. It sounds like mm. a goddamn shyster resume. That's what I it mean, sounds like. You can make money doing it. 
And the interesting thing is, if you're going to do that, if you're going to cloak yourself in this sort of religious garments and this sort of character development garments, you know what you can't have happen on your watch? A guy sexually assault like 30-plus women. Probably <laughs> a not point. a good idea. It's um, a black eye. Yeah, and so that's the crazy thing is, like, he was very much behind Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. You know, he when DeAndre Hopkins got moved, he was like, I'm a fan of DeAndre Hopkins. This shouldn't have happened. Um, you know, he wanted Deshaun Watson to have more of a say in the Texans organization. He was very much like player first sort of guy. I think behind the scenes, Nick Casario has been making this move for a while or trying to make this move for a while. Is like, get this fucking guy out of here. He doesn't know football and he's a weird controlling freak boy. Um, Sounds like we like this move. Yeah, I mean, it, it just makes fucking sense, dude. It just makes fucking sense. I Cal McNair took over from his father, Bob McNair. Um, Bob McNair was a fucking football dude. You know, he he owned the fucking Texans since their inception. He was a fucking, uh, you know, he was a he was a big football guy. And then when he left, I don't think his son really fucking loved it or wanted to be as much of an owner. He just kind of inherited his dad's thing. And so he was looking for people to kind of take this away from him or, you know, assuage his guilt in his mind. And that's what happens when you're raised a rich boy. You don't, you can't handle that shit. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, it's funny. Like, if you're raised super fucking rich, uh, raised that way, not come into money. Because some of those come into money guys are absolute fucking psychopaths. And sure. they stay psycho till they're dead. Like, Jerry Jones will be fucking strippers till he's in the grave. Um, it's just his way. It's just the way he is. It's, he's that... You know, they test him for testosterone, and it comes back to oh, I'm hearing his stories, yeah. too. Yeah, I'm yeah. hearing his stuff, too. Uh, whereas I, I think Cal McNair is like, I don't know what this is. I don't know what to do with it. I know I have these powerful personalities, and I know I'm not. Mm-hmm. And so I think he used Easterby as a buffer, but the buffer is hurting the Texans. Like, basically, from 2019 to 2022, have the Texans gotten better at all? So no, during his no, tenure— had some, yeah. During his tenure, it's been nothing but a steady decline in Houston. So it just makes sense. Like, they, they talk about this as being a mutual parting, but Easterby was too involved at too high a level to too much bad shit for this to be nothing but a firing. Uh, it doesn't make anything any other sense, but this is a firing. All right. Well, they move on, clear up some house, and... Yeah, because you're right. It's been a long rebuild for him. I think everybody's kind of given them the benefit of the doubt because of all the Deshaun Watson stuff. You, you lose a quarterback that could have been a franchise guy. I mean, he was the franchise face when they finally started turning stuff around, and you're like, whoops, well, that can't can't remain the face. But Cleveland's, <laughs> Cleveland's okay with it. Anyways, let's get into the games, and the rest of the news will come from those. Uh, game of the week. Game of the week here for week six. Honestly, there was one that was set up for it from oh, the beginning, yeah. and it was a it was a good one. I mean, obviously, it was no uh, twenty twenty one playoff. Uh, I mean, how matchup. can you? You know, you can't. But still, an amazing one. The Buffalo Bills beating the Kansas City Chiefs twenty four to twenty. They get this one in Kansas City. Strong, strong game. Josh Allen three touchdowns over three hundred yards. I mean. Him and Diggs and that offense going. I mean, even you got Devin Singletary over 100 yards from scrimmage. Has that there ever happened go. before? <laughs> you know, it, 
it's still not rushing. But yeah, it's over true, 100 from scrimmage. Um, and the other side, you know, wasn't a clean game from Mahomes, but it was still a good one. He was still making great plays. He's finding more weapons there. Smith Schuster and Pacheco and those guys getting into plays. You see those stuff. They mix it around more without uh, Tariq Hill there. But they come up short at home against this Bills team who is they're, – they're going, good, okay, this is who we were built to beat. We could do it. What'd you see? Uh, so this game was number one as advertised. Um, sure. You can't expect to have playoff level uh, competition here, but what you can expect is two really, really fucking good teams, both coming in here four and one. That's what you want. You know, you don't want one on the ropes and, and one swinging along. You want them both, you know, about even level. Yeah. Um, I think I, I saw two things. I saw the fact that, the Chiefs' defense had a really good game plan in for Josh Allen, and it didn't matter. Um, it, it was <laughs> the fact that the Bills' defense is way better than the Kansas City Chiefs uh, almost didn't matter because mm-hmm. Mahomes was just able to make plays. Sure, he threw interceptions, but all of those interceptions totally made sense to me. Uh, <laughs> you know, all of them made sense. Like, one of them at the end of the game, he's just trying to make something happen with, like, right. 12 seconds that's left. That's true. That was tough to give him that way. Yeah. It, it's hard to be like, oh, that's two interception game. Yeah, fuck, man. It's like 15 seconds. Make a play. You know, do something. Um, this was a preview, hopefully, for what is the AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. would, I will absolutely tune the fuck in again. The defenses were hitting. The offenses were making big plays. Um, that's what it was. It was kind of a... a it seemed like kind of a game of big plays because the defenses were playing pretty well, but the talent was so good that they were going to pick up big chunk plays uh, here and there. And that's, you know, especially for the Bills, uh, you know, Gabe Davis coming out of nowhere this year (laughs) and being an absolute fucking freak uh, has done great. Stephon Diggs is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, but still he had 10 receptions. 10 receptions Mm -hmm. for Stephon Diggs is normally 200 fucking yards. You know, he was averaging 15 yards of reception. That's not insane for Stephon Diggs. True. And the fact that Josh Allen had 40 attempts and didn't put up 500 yards tells you how good and how how much this Kansas City defense was actually playing him correctly and forcing him to make, you know, smart, simple decisions rather than going for the home run ball. Yeah, it was a very tit-for-tat game. Um, I think both teams tried for points for touchdowns on fourth downs in the red zone when they could have easily kicked field goals and so they left some points on the board that way but it was pretty even i mean we were 10 10 at halftime we were 17 all in the fourth quarter in fact the chiefs take the lead with the field goal and i think the bills just decided in their mind we couldn't settle for a field goal here we couldn't take this thing to overtime and and risk that because it's Mahomes and them, so they they went down for the touchdown, and and they've been very good at closing games and time management in this uh, season. So, big big win for the Buffalo Bills. Um, their only loss has been that fall part one where everyone's cramping up in Miami. Yeah. I mean, oof. we're back to saying they still look unbeatable, best team in the league. I mean, they they are. I know though. how good the Eagles are looking, but. Yeah, they are the best are. team in the league. They're five and one. It doesn't, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs are no man's like, you know, second fiddle. They're, you know, when we're talking about the top four teams in the NFL, these are two of them. Yep. Um, yep. And I this game left me no doubt of that fact, which is is very very interesting. Um, I, I have some slight concerns in that the Kansas City Chiefs 
can't seem to get any run game going whatsoever. And normally that's something we're saying about the Bills, who were mm-hmm. steady this whole game. The Chiefs do not seem to want to run the ball. You know, not a single player over 10 carries, not a single player over 50 yards. Yeah, This is not going to help them. I mean, there's talent there. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is a, is a decent running back, but they've got to run the football more. They've got they to do. be able to control it. They've got to keep Patrick Mahomes from having to make every fucking play. They've got to develop a running game, and Andy Reid's normally pretty good at that. Right. So in the I'm years where they to snap. Yeah, the year where they won, that's where they ran at the best, and since then, you're right, that's been lacking. And Yeah, they need to find that. That's a good point. The Buffalo Bills go to a bye week, week seven, so they ride this high into a bye week at five and one. Uh, Got to be feeling great with that road win. Um, let's talk about a surprise win. Neither of us picked after after we both picked the Buffalo win. Neither of us picked the Atlanta Falcons no. to beat the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, they do it by two touchdowns, 28 to 14. Um, this game, the actually Falcons jumped up, I think, first 14 nothing in yeah. in this one. Then the uh, Ayuk touchdowns brought it back. And then Falcons take the lead again before half, shut out the Niners offense the second half, and win it by two touchdowns. That is also because the 49ers offense is not very good. Um, Uh-oh. And Jimmy G is not very good. Uh, mm. You know, we talk about a guy that has 41 attempts. Um, all, almost <laughs> everything was yak. You know, Jimmy G is not airing that ball out, not making big fucking plays through the air. Um, those two interceptions, neither one of them should have been fucking thrown. Um, just bad decisions with the football. But they also could not get the run game going. At all. At all. I mean, they were never, until the fourth quarter, they weren't down in a position where you absolutely can't run this fucking ball to come back. That's true. And yeah. they didn't pound it. They, I mean, You have guys like Jeff Wilson, you have Debo Samuel, and you're not getting them the ball to spread the defense out. That being said, the Atlanta Falcons are 3-3. Three and three. We've been shitting on them since the beginning of the year. Starting to feel bad about that. They're tied yep. for a lead in the NFC South. Yeah, like they're and an, they're a division leader right now. Technically, by by yeah, by record they are. They're at the and top of the South. I mean, that's the South. <laughs> Marcus Mariota had less than fifteen pass attempts. I know. Yeah, you forty-one, and then his fourteen. Now he only had one incompletion. And yeah. you talk about like taking the ball out of his hands. He threw two, ran one in, and dropped back fourteen times. Yeah, I mean. This is the way the Falcons need to play. You can yeah. see they're bereft of talent at a lot of positions, but they make matchup challenges with guys like Marcus Mariota. They don't have Cordero Patterson for a little while. If this is the way they're going to play, having multiple runners, having Marcus Mariota be a problem, that same thing we said about the Kansas City Chiefs, not a single rusher over 50 yards, the Falcons had three. The Falcons mm-hmm. had three rushers over 50 yards. So they had three capable ball carriers that averaged over three yards a carry in this game. That's pretty good. Uh, on the other side of the football, the San Francisco 49ers, I don't think they had one. I mean, I'm looking at the stats now. Yeah, everybody averaged over three yards a carry, but nobody had more than 50 yards. You know, they, so what are, what are the Niners? Are the Niners a playoff team here? Do they not no, know yet? No, no. they aren't. Um, you know, the defense is not as good as it was last year. Um, I don't think Jimmy G is as good as he was last year. I think George Kittle is still not healthy, and like I don't know when he's going to be healthy. I mean, he had a good game this game, hmm. but against a 
a defense like this in Atlanta, he should have had a, a much crazier game. He should have had way more matchups uh, go in his favor. But George Kittle needs to be taking over games, and right now he is a above-average tight end. So I, I think they've still got some major injury issues that they're trying to, to fight through. Um, you know, their starting running back went down. They, they need Jeff Wilson to, to turn into a guy. It's fucking crazy. I, I think their offense needs a steady run game. They might want to go out and acquire somebody. A very interesting acquisition that nobody's really talking about is potentially Christian McCaffrey. Right. You know, it, we're talking a little bit about that when I'm sure we get to the Panthers. You know, it's a bit of a fire sale there. But yeah. the 49ers would be directly helped by a guy like Christian McCaffrey who could catch balls out of the backfield. Putting Christian McCaffrey and Debo on the same team, fucking unfair. Jimmy Scary. G has to throw three yards and probably throws for 500 yards a game. Those are Yeah, those are perfect guys for Jimmy G and the way that he runs that offense. Absolutely. Is, oh, I can get the ball out of my hands quick and they do all the work? That's Jimmy G's specialty. <laughs> um, the Niners are at home. They get the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs, yeah, Chiefs at Niners. This is an interesting one. What do you think, Dan? Well, we talk about those red Pantones. Um, That's right. The we Chiefs have, are, This was the matchup of the Super Bowl. Yeah. The Chiefs are a better team. Um, they're a better team at every level. I know the run games aren't going to be good for either one of these teams, but uh, I cannot see the Kansas City Chiefs coming out of there with a loss. I just can't. I mean, they're just so much better at every level. Coming off of the loss at home, I think you're going to be uh, extra focused here, but the Niners, yeah, the Niners are coming back home after a loss, so I'm excited to see what the Niners put up, but uh, I like Kansas City as far as a team better here so i'm going to pick the chiefs on the road too i like kansas city Mm -hmm. um but i think it's going to be tight because of that because of them being on the road uh let's talk about the cincinnati Bengals. they beat the saints 30 to 26 this was in new orleans a back and forth game saints had the lead at halftime and into the fourth quarter Uh, they were nursing a two-point lead but uh burrow got going chase there he is, everybody. Jamar Chase, if you had him on your fantasy team, you were kind of wondering. Mm-hmm. Well, they fa- he found him here, 132 yards and two touchdowns. The long one to take the lead with about two minutes left in this one was the backbreaker. Brought Are the king. Bengals back? Are they back? Brought the king back to the bayou, that's for sure. That's right. They both, yeah, returned from where they won the championship back for LSU. Oh, they got to feel good about this. Um, is Cincinnati back? No, I don't mm. think they are. Um, is Cincinnati fine? Yeah, I think they are. Um, okay. When Cincinnati got on their hot streak last year, there was something special about it. Like, you know, they were getting pass rush. They, their offensive line was doing just enough. Joe Burrow was getting the ball out of his hands quickly. Joe was holding on to the ball a little bit too long this year, a little bit longer than even last year. Yeah. Um, and his offensive line is better, um, but he's still holding on to the ball too long. He's looking for big plays. They're not taking what is being presented to them. Uh, Joe Mixon is not being featured as much as he used to. Um, and I think Mixon's that's part had a of bad year. Yeah. He's had a real bad year. And I don't know if that's Joe Mixon or it's just a natural progression of Joe Burrow being like, I think this is a pass play. Yeah, you know, when yeah. you give a guy a lot of run check options, if he's a really talented quarterback, you always think you're going to fucking pass your way out of it. So, I mean, Joe Burrow needs to be throwing the ball 30 times a game, not 37. You know, Joe Mixon needs to be carrying the ball maybe 15 to 20 times a game, not 10. So mm-hmm. there's got to be a better balance that they haven't seemed to have been able to achieve. Um, but it makes them fine. They're 3-3 three and three in a wide-open AFC North, so by no means are they, you know, in trouble. But 
yeah, they're not back to what they were. And then the Saints, we're talking about, bless you, we're talking about uh, 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 Andy Dalton? Uh, Winston. Oh, James Winston. Yeah. Coming back from his injury, and the rumor is that he might be getting played out of uh, his starting spot by Andy Dalton. Now, Andy Dalton's not winning a lot of games, though. They won last week in a shootout with the Seahawks, and all of a sudden, yeah, James Winston's losing a start in position. I mean, was Jameis, I mean, it's not like Jameis Winston had that shit locked up. You know, no, Andy they, Dalton has looked yeah. capable, you know, and I, I think you don't want to change horses midstream for no reason. Okay. Um, it's not like Jameis Winston comes in and gives you uh, more starting experience than Andy Dalton does. It's not like he gives you better decision-making than Andy Dalton does. He gives you no. more of a ceiling. It's a stronger yeah. arm, maybe more accurate, and especially on the deep ball. And, but Andy Dalton's a better runner as well, which is the fucking weird thing. So Andy Dalton gives you gives you more of a controlled offense. Jameis Winston gives you more of a high-powered, high-potential offense. But with Alvin Kamara back, Alvin Kamara is supposed to be the playmaker on this team. So yeah, with a guy like Andy be. Dalton pushing it to him, actually getting Taysom Hill back involved in the game. Taysom Hill had 40 rushing yards. You know, that's mm-hmm. what you want. You want to get him involved in the run game and the pass game. And I don't think it's as possible with Jameis as it is with Andy. So I, th- I think it makes sense. Now, Andy Dalton loses two in a row. Jameis is right back in there. So, you know, all is not lost for the Jameis Winston experiment. And the Saints are still in a playoff race here in their division. But the, like we said, the Falcons are uh, hanging out near the top. I think the top, technically, of this division. They go on the road to play the Bengals uh, this week. So it's Falcons at Bengals. What do we think of here? It's interesting, man. Um, I think the Bengals are good. I think the Falcons surprised the 49ers. I don't think a 3-3 three and three Bengals can do anything else but take a 3-3 three and three Falcons team seriously. Sure. Um, and I just think they're more talented. I, I think they have a better pass rush. I think when they are hitting on all cylinders, they are more dangerous. I'm, I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be like maybe a one-score game. But I'm I'm gonna go with uh, Cincinnati. I just I think they are putting it together. I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I, Cincinnati at home. They I feel like they gotta start pulling away and having some statement wins. But um, you look at them and the games have been all pretty close. Uh, yep. The Thursday night one probably what they looked the best. But you knocked two out of the game. So what are you gonna do? So yeah, let's see them at home now on a normal noon start. How they look against uh plucky falcons team that's what mm-hmm. we've been calling every every falcons uh pundit has been saying this week plucky. uh i like the Bengals though too let's talk about uh the vikings winning in miami they beat the dolphins 24 to 16 I, I watched every snap of course <laughs> um gosh you go from a week where the vikings uh start off red hot on offense with kirk cousins completing 17 17 passes to four straight three and outs at the end of this game they had 10 i believe three and out drives like yeah. i i don't understand where the offense can just disappear um in a, in a week but uh, cousins still came out of this one with two touchdowns he keeps that streak alive of continually touchdowns thrown in a game i think he's tied brett Favre now actually um he uh vikings defense had a big game we got skyler thompson so to start to start to start we should 
discuss this a little bit because I technically on the show last week, and I think you're gonna. Well, we'll get. I picked this game saying if Skylar Thompson is playing, then I'm gonna switch it to the Vikings, uh, and he was. He was starting. Now he gets knocked out of this game about first half, and uh, Teddy Bridgewater's now that now in. It's tough to say if our success ability. Um, <laughs> I think the tides turned a little bit when Teddy came in to the Vikings' favor. Um, yep. Mike McDaniel, uh, and that's what we got from this through this the week was, well, all these quarterbacks are probably going to start coming off the the uh, concussion um, protocol. Concussion protocol. Well, if Teddy comes off concussion protocol, he's going to start, right? He's the backup. Now Skylar Thompson will start. Well, why will Skylar start? Well, he's got the whole week to study my playbook and this and this the whole matchup I'm going to set up. So you're like, okay, all right. Well, this is the new coach stuff. This is the scheming guys. This is what sure. people hired these guys for. Um, and I I I'm believing it from when I saw it on the field that that changed when Bridgewater came in. Um, Tua came off it too, but heck, no, you're not going to touch that just yet he'll be back for this week but anyways <laughs> um teddy was kind of stationary we we collected sacks from him he had an okay game he threw for over 300 yards two touchdowns sure. but he did yeah. turn the ball over twice but this was a low scoring nothing game until the vikings pulled away late and then hung on to win it this didn't teach me a lot about either team unfortunately um mm-hmm. but we talked about this a lot last year the Vikings were losing close games. Yep. They're not losing close games anymore. They're holding on. You know, they're yeah. surviving this sort of shit. Uh, Miami didn't look super cohesive offensively. Um, a lot of yardage, but not a lot of scores. So your red zone defense did a pretty good job in that respect. I mean, the Dolphins were able to drive on you, but they weren't able to finish. Yep. And so that speaks to your defense, more of a bend, don't break. Um Kirk Cousins had a low-level Kirk Cousins game where he threw uh, 66% of his completions and less than 200 yards, but that's a win. That's all you need. If you score 24 points, the offense did its job. If you hold the team under 20, the defense did their job. Your team keeps doing its job. Yeah, offense barely had the ball in this one. And one of the – yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just we punted the ball like – 10 times it was a record of uh most punts inside the 20 yard line um in a game for the the um franchise and and our new punter this rookie guy had a 73 yard punt last name by the way right yeah right yeah damn right right standing in the back of the end zone uh yeah just flipping the table um or the whole field yeah absolute fucking thumper on that kid good for him yeah Cousin, cousin Ryan, they did. They did a great. Yeah, they they wanted. They figured out a ways to win. You're right. That's the biggest change that they've had this season. Is is instead of finding the ways to lose at the end of games, they're finding them to win, and that's the change. Um, this one has a fun little bits in this. This is the uh, first time the Vikings have won in Miami since 1976. <laughs> so it's been really? a long, long time. Yeah, last that's, win in Miami. That's astounding. Yeah, can't. I mean, the Dolphins have been very good for a while there in those groups too. And then we've got uh, there. Did you hear the whole story about the ping pong table leading up oh, to this yeah, game? Oh yeah, it was, it was actually just custom ping pong tables. <laughs> yeah, it's just real funny. If you hadn't heard it, uh, the coach going out of his way to be like, "Yeah, the the uh, 
the vets took the ping pong table out of the locker room. That's how focused they are in this game. And then Tyreek Hill gets interviewed later saying, no, man, I'm just replacing it with a nicer one, a new one. It hasn't come in yet. They deserve a a new ping pong table. (laughs) Ah, silly. Tyreek's a leader, baby. He's a leader. Yeah. But, heck, man, uh, I'll take the win, ride it for uh, un, uh, into the bye week as well at a 5-1, and one, and a stranglehold in that division. Heck, yeah. Got to feel good, man. I mean, what is it, a three-game lead now? Two and a head-to-head. All right, which, that's not With bad. another head-to-head to come for every team in that division on the road. So, Can't say two that. and a head-to-head right now, yeah. Um, because the Vikings are on a bye week, let's talk about two teams coming off a of bye week and their matchup this week. Huh? You see what I did there? I like it. Houston Texans at Vegas. They're playing the Raiders. Texans, Raiders. These are two teams that need a turnaround before the season is past them by. I think the Raiders badly need a turnaround. The Texans, whether they turn it around, I mean, it doesn't. it's not going to matter. They're not going to make the fucking playoffs. <gasps> what? I know. Everyone's shocked. Um, I, I think the Raiders need this desperately desperately i think the texans would like it um but they don't need it as much i mean davis mills knows that he's not going to be the starter next year um the best thing he can do is you know put himself in a position where it's like hey you you don't need to kick me off the team or trade me i can be a good backup for whoever you're grooming um whereas the raiders need to make a push now or it's never going to happen um, their team is just getting older. It's just getting worse. They need their defense to figure some shit out, man. Um, mm-hmm. Because the offense isn't awful, but their defense has just been fucking ridiculous, especially late in games. I don't think the Texans are going to give them as much of a problem, so I'm going to go with the Raiders. Um, is this a tombstone game? Loser gets tombstoned. <sighs> just because of how weak their divisions are? No, I can't. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's tombstones are not a mathematical elimination, you know? Right, right. They are just an emotional elimination. And understand. I don't think either one of these teams is completely out of it. I can't say they're completely out of it at week seven. Right. But no, I, then you're being smart with it, and you're not just handing out these tombstones. I appreciate that. I almost handed out a tombstone uh, to these Raiders, and they're yeah. brute. Man, I, the concrete is set. I just <laughs> haven't engraved this motherfucker yet. I'm waiting. <laughs> Um, I'm going with the Raiders. I like, yeah, I like the Raiders in Vegas. They've got some, they got some talent there. They just, yeah, haven't. They then they've had a bad luck of who they've pulled to begin the season. They haven't gelled. Uh, one more game before the break. Let's talk about the Buccaneers' loss in Pittsburgh. The yes. Steelers win twenty to eighteen. We did not pick this. Did not see it coming. Um, it was a bunch of field goals from Suckup because other than Brady and Fournette getting in the end zone, that was all they could do for Tampa. On the other side, Pickett, touchdown, gets knocked out in the third quarter. Concussion? Was that what they were saying? Yeah, he's, con- yeah, he's in concussion protocol. He's in the protocol now. Trubisky comes in to finish it off. He threw a touchdown, though, too, uh, which was what they needed to finish this. I mean, this was a tight game. 9-10 Steelers at the half, 12-13 Steelers in the fourth quarter. Uh the at least second game of the season already for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that end because they can't convert a two-point conversion to keep the thing alive. Uh, though that was four and a half minutes left in this game, the Steelers never nope. gave the ball back. Smart, smart. It's the only thing you can do. You know, we talk about don't let Tom Brady get the ball in his hands with two minutes left. Right. Um, make no mistake. This Pittsburgh Steelers offense is not good. 
it doesn't mean this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is world beaters. I think the Buccaneers defense keeps getting worse and worse every week. They mm-hmm. just so happen to play a really bad Steelers offense. That being said, my God, the Buccaneers cannot protect Brady at all. Brady is getting yeah. hurried and harassed like I've never seen before. Um, losing his absolute fucking mind at that Tampa Bay offensive line on the sidelines was a great... If you've seen the clip, it's yeah, fucking amazing. I saw it. It's great. I mean, Tristan Wirfs is sitting there being like, I know you're not talking to me. He's <laughs> like, you can talk to those other fucking four guys. They don't know what the fuck's going on. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it's bad. We talked about it. The Tampa Bay interior offensive line is not holding up well. If you've no. got good interior pressure, they are in your fucking face. If Wirfs goes down with an injury, Tom Brady will retire. I mean, he <laughs> will have no other choice but to retire. It won't make sense for him to keep playing. Yeah. Yeah, it's get, becoming a long season for Tom Brady, and we, you kind of see the writing on the wall with a guy like him. He's going to need at least one of these type of seasons, one where you're getting dragged around a little bit in order to be like, all right, fine, I'm done. Um, Brett Favre, you know, he had New York, and then he comes back to Minnesota, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, this is what I wanted to do. And then he had 2010 in Minnesota where he's, like, knocked out on the cold – university of minnesota uh field by the bears like that's when you understand okay i don't know why i'm doing this to myself and my body anymore yeah. and tom brady's had it very good for a while and this feels like one you know a lot of stuff piling on the guy it it feels like he held on just a year too long a year too long doesn't it you yeah. know everybody had the adulation and the adoration for him when he retired when he retires again we're not doing a fucking another show on it you no, know, I don't think did he that did show. Yeah. Weird, he did the goodbye Tom Brady shit, and I'm sure he's going to want everybody to forget about this year. <laughs> everybody, um, he's one offensive line injury away from like you know Giselle having to pick his ass up out the ground. So yeah. if she still she wants to, I know if she's still interested, it's tough. Um, the Steelers are on Sunday Night Football this week playing the Dolphins. I don't know if we know who will be quarterback. I assume if uh, um, Pickett is the rookie can play, then he'll be in there. If Pickett can play, he'll be in there. Tomlin says uh, Kenny Pickett is the starter if he passes concussion protocol. Yeah, okay. That's why I figured. Um, either or, who are you taking in this one? Oh, and Tua is also supposed to be back. Yeah, listen. <laughs> I'm not favoring the Steelers through the rest of the year. It's just not good, man. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in them at all. And I'm going to continue that complete lack of faith, especially going to the Dolphins at home, where the temperature is a million degrees in the Caribbean seas with the hot mommies singing I Poppy. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Did you see that little bit on the Vikings game, the sideline camera on the the temperatures? I did not know that they do that for... For that stadium. Yeah, didn't it's a fucking garbage dump. It was started by Wayne Huizenga, and it stays that way. Yeah. Um, I like the Dolphins, too. I like the Dolphins on Sunday night. Uh, this is a fun little uh, old-school matchup, Steelers-Dolphins, but these are not the teams of the old that you remember. Man, the Dolphins uh, were riding high just a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. They need to snap back out of it or else they're another lost season for the Dolphins. I think they get back on the, the track on Sunday night. Let us take a break here, Dan, so when we return we can uh, do all of the two-minute no offense, wrap up all the games left from week six, and uh, see where we're at in the picks. Hey, maybe uh, maybe I can never turn this thing around. <laughs> 
This is the push off. But no offense, but if you find yourself in this section of the program, maybe you need a little uh, character coaching from your good friend Jack Easterby. Maybe he can get you back on the right track. I hear he's free. Ah, amen. Uh, start the clock. We got some weird games to get through. And ready to go. Thursday Night Football, it might end up just being a usual on this list. Commanders 12, Bears 7. We didn't pick it, but we didn't care to. Oh, yuck, 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 yuck. Um, <laughs> the best thing that could have happened to Washington happened in this game, and Carson Wentz goes down with an injury. He'll be out for six Ooh. weeks, and he's never coming back into the starter position. Oh, ouch, ouch, ouch. Yeah, a Heineke time once again for the commanders moving forward. We'll talk about that. Crack um, open a Heineke. Tights catch there at the end. Mooney just can't bring it in. That's oh. the difference of the game. Uh, moving right along, the Patriots beat up on the Browns in Cleveland. Dan, you picked this one over me, 38-15. to 15. Bill Belichick will have his revenge against the city of Cleveland. Patriots at 3-3, three and three, by no means super impressive, but Bailey Zappi having a good, <laughs> QB having a good rookie. Yeah, I would say ride the hot hand, fuck it. You know, yeah. Why not? Give it a shot. Perhaps. Uh, Rams beat the Panthers 24-10. to uh, Rams get a win against a team that has just fallen apart in uh, Carolina. Yeah, I mean, Steve Wilkes sending Robbie Anderson to the showers and then to the Cardinals. Um, <laughs> you know, Carolina is in fucking shambles. Matt Rule left this team somehow in a worse position than when he found it. Um, just a badly run organization so far. Mm. David Tepper, all the money in the world don't make you no football. They had the lead. They had the lead at halftime, 10-7, to and then just did not show up for the second half. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then finally, uh, Cardinals-Seahawks. We put this one in here, too, because, okay, Cardinals 9, Seahawks 19, and Dan, again, got this one over me. I did. The Seahawks have been weirdly good (laughs) this season. I mean, you know, this is a divisional matchup. It's at home. They understand who Kyler Murray is. Kyler Murray is not the Kyler Murray of last year. Now, there is a chance that changes with DeAndre Hopkins coming back. Okay. But 2-4 and four to start the year is about as bad as you can think these Cardinals would have done out the gates. They've lost a lot. Oh, there's the two. But yep. got to give a little credit to the Seahawks here who have really outperformed where everybody thought they'd be. We thought this was a team picking in the top five. And it turns yeah. out the reason they might be still is with the Broncos pick. Seattle's got some strong, uh, got a strong running game now. Walker and stuff, and the Cardinals, yeah, just look like a mess. That's where I'll leave that one because you're right, we're out of time. Um, this let's uh, talk about the games for next week. This lads up for a few of them. Oh well, first of all, before I wanted to bring up that, yeah, you got me in two of those games and picks uh, that we just skimmed right over. <laughs> um, I was going to say, like, you know, you have an argument that I shouldn't have the Vikings one either because even though Skylar Thompson started that game, he wasn't in it the whole time, and there's a whole little injury 
thing there, and Teddy played for a lot of it. But um, I figured because he got these other two, I might slide. I I am a constitutional purist. Yeah. You know, I truly believe that it's the letter of the law. And we said if Teddy started, you'd be going Miami, and he did it's not down start. To, down to who started that game? Yeah. It, it did not start. Teddy. Now it'd be one thing if it was like they started in a wildcat and then Teddy showed up. You know, I <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. hey, fuck you. But uh, yeah, I mean, Skylar Thompson started. He would not have come out of the game for performance. True. You know, he only came out due to injury. So yeah, I gotta I, I gotta say that's a that's a wash there. Uh, but you got me on the other two, so you're going to take a nice a nice head lead here in this one. So i got to buckle up for these picks for next week. And we're going to start with Saints at Cardinals, Dan. You're still picking first since you're ahead of me. And I'm going to just said some nasty shit about the Cardinals and how they have <laughs> not been good, but I'm picking the Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins comes back. That changes the offensive profile of this team. If Robbie Anderson can find his way onto the field and be a contributor, this adds a few explosive elements uh, to the team. I mean, having Hollywood Brown go down with a foot injury, not yeah. good. Getting DeAndre Hopkins and Robbie Anderson to sub in, probably an upgrade. Yeah, perhaps that'll help him out. Um, yeah, this is a tight. This might be one of the tougher ones to pick. It's Thursday night, though. It's Thursday night, so you got to go the home team too. That's the Cardinals. I forgot that is it. a factor yeah, <laughs> as well. Yeah, that's that's a big one there. So I'll take the Cardinals Thursday night. Um, Monday night football. The Chicago Bears to the New England Patriots. Still Bailey Zappi's team. Who we got? Oh, Patriots all day. This Bears team has looked like fucking garbage. Uh, the defense hasn't been bad, but the offense has been so... Justin Fields is making horrible fucking decisions out there and not throwing to open wide receivers. Unless he fixes something substantially in the next couple weeks, there is not a chance he is the starter next year. They will either draft a new guy or they will go out and get themselves a veteran. He's doing way worse in his second year than Tua was in his, and there was mm. so much heat against Tua. Maybe you can figure it out, but he's got to start making some improvements. Just just feels, yeah, like a big old waste if you see a bunch of Trevor Simeon starts here at the end yeah, of this season for the Bears. But, yeah, that offense is very stagnant, and the Patriots at home and the lights, they're going to yeah, they're gonna make this even uglier here for another, another primetime game for the Bears, even though what you call Thursday nights anymore. Primetime? I don't know. Um, Buccaneers at Panthers. What do we think of this NFC South tilt? I don't think the Panthers want this. I think the Buccaneers need it. Once again, the, I'm picking teams that I'm shitting on this year. <laughs> but yep. I, I think, once again, they're going to fire the cannons. There it is. And down themselves a couple of Carolina Panthers. But I, I know I say it with emotion and inflection, but that's only because I've got a good voice. I don't truly <laughs> believe in the Buccaneers anymore. Um, I see a quote here that they're hoping that Darnold is practicing this week. They have no idea who's going to start. Um, we talked <laughs> about Walker. Yeah, yeah, PJ Walker started that one. Jacob Eason. Uh, e- Eason sighting off of the practice squad at the yeah. end. He, in fact, had uh, one of their better-looking drives in that game. He's a big boy. He's got a strong arm. Christian McCaffrey's on the trading block here. You talked about the Niners. There's a few places that, yeah, would love to give him out now that they want two first-round picks for him. At I don't think they're going to get two first-round picks for him. I don't but. either. Not not during the season. Um, well, I mean, somebody might really need somebody. We'll see. I yeah, I'm I'm firing cannons too. I'm firing cannons too because I don't know who's going to be co- quarterback for the uh, uh, Panthers, and it's just a mess there. For me, they're the bottom right now of the NFL. I think. I think they're team 32 in power rankings. And I think after a couple trades, they're going to be further into that 32. Yeah, you build for the future. I mean, if you're at the bottom. 
Nowhere to go. But yeah. further, you can't go further down. The LA Rams have a bye week for week seven too, uh, which would be good. They lost their left tackle, Noteboom, for this season. Torrey's Achilles. <sighs> That's tough. Joe Noteboom has been a good player. Um, you know, they moved him out from guard to tackle, take over, and he hasn't been awful um, because of the uh, retirement, right? Yeah. Of, uh, help me out. Who's was the left guy from that won it last year in the Super oh, Bowl? Oh, fucking Andrew Whitworth. Whitworth, thank you. Yeah. Um, I think because I, I was like I was thinking Bengals starter. I was like Andrew right. fucking yeah. Um, Noboom hasn't been bad. Um, he's not been terrible. The issue is they're just they've got a Super Bowl hangover. They're not as good as they were last year. The offensive line is not as good. Matt Stafford's not making good decisions. I still worry about his elbow. Um, so I I can't have a great deal of faith in uh, I can't have the Rams. Yeah, yeah. I, we'll I see can't. what they do when they come after the bye. Um, but as far as the picks go, I don't think we've picked opposite each other yet. So, oh boy, uh, <laughs> we'll hold on, Millie. Hey, I'm picking first. You, you know, you have a chance to. go That's true. It's here. on me. It's on me to make the uh, the changes here. It's just I, I you know, I'm. Don't, I got to bide my time here. Don't we got let a me long deal on this lead all the way through the end of the season. Yeah, that's true. But I, I don't want to go no wild things. I figure you're gonna just keep not picking the Eagles, and I'll catch you up somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Ravens lose to the Giants. Hey, none of us picked this one, you guys. No. Uh, Giants at home, twenty-four to twenty. They're five and one. Um, in this one, we saw the Ravens with a lead, ten-seven at the half, and a ten-point lead at one point in the fourth quarter. But the Giants get a touchdown. There's a bad Jackson interception after he loses a snap. Giants have been very opportunistic on their turnovers this this year. They uh, get a from oh from the third and three from the eight an inter, interception called off due to pass interference. So the Giants take advantage there and take the lead with a, about minute forty something left in the clock. The Giants are not as good as their record. Okay. That being said, they are not a bad team. The Baltimore Ravens are exactly what their record says. Mm. They are a three and three team. In all three of their losses, they have lost double digit leads. Yeah, it's unacceptable. Uh, yeah. You know, there's some there's some rumors of a mutiny, especially on the Ravens' defensive side. That like, you know, Lamar Jackson's completion percentage is just over fifty percent. That's not Ouch. MVP MVP caliber shit. Um, he's still running. They're still offensively problematic to deal with. But the Giants aren't. I mean, Daniel Jones had less than 200 yards passing. Saquon Barkley didn't have 100 yards rushing. That's a good defensive performance by the Ravens, but it's just a series of bad decisions and calls in the fourth quarter. I have to put this loss on Lamar Jackson. That interception was unbelievably bad decision-making. That was like, there's no fucking reason to throw that ball. The the cost-benefit analysis that you do, you know, you figure, what, it's, it's third and one. Why, uh, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it was, you watch it, it gets by me like, oh my God, this is bad, this is bad. Oh, he got it back. Well, at least he got, what was that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can you can punt. Your defense has been doing pretty well this whole game. You know, you can force them into a situation where they only have two minutes left on the clock and they got to go the entire length of the field. Right. I'm sure he wants to make a play there, but that's a really bad decision to force the Giants into basically having to score. Like, the Giants get it back. What was it, on, like, the 30? Like, they barely moved at all. It's like, I think they got... Yeah, I think the interception was at, like, the 25, and they got it back to the 13. Yeah. Like, 
that's a touchdown. Every time that's a fucking touchdown. Yeah, I, and they got extra extra plays to get it into because of the pass interference call. And yeah, they, you're right. The Ravens were, and, and in most of their losses, have been very much like, well, we don't really want to win this one. We're going to figure out a way to give it to the other team. Squandered. Yeah, it really is, and that's too bad because, again, the Ravens feel like they should be a very good team this year. They should be, and i got to stop uh, believing that, I guess. No, Except, they're 3-3. Three and three. Yeah, they're 3-3, three and three, so they're fine where they're at right now because that division is all – I mean, that's the best you can – that's still the top. And God. they got the Browns coming to town this week. It feels like they can still take any of these guys in this division, right? I'm kind of tipping my hand on who I'm picking for this game, Dan, but who you got? (laughs) So I have not loved the product the Browns are putting out on the field. Right. We know my love for Lamar Jackson. I love that dude. He's fucking great. (laughs) But the two and four Browns are desperate, desperate for a win. And you can run on this Ravens team. You can do it. I know that they're... You can run on this Ravens team, and I think that's what's going to happen. I'm actually going to pick an upset here. I'm going to pick the Browns in Baltimore, and I'm going to pick a major problem for the Ravens if they don't get this shit figured out quick. Well, no kidding, yeah. Um, Yeah, I feel like you're you're trying to give me one here, but no, we'll see. Um, I got the (laughs) Ravens at home, I think... uh, yeah, I think they take care of business here. Like you're saying, I don't I don't like what the Browns have been doing at all lately. Now they have looked almost worse at home, technically. Uh the Browns have. I think uh one of their two wins was uh well no, they beat the Steelers at home. Steelers junk. Yeah. So I'll put it to you this way. If the Browns lose this game, they, even at two and four, might be picking themselves up a tombstone. So if they're 2-5 well, they and five yeah. in this division, they might be picking up a tombstone because then but they've got a two-game lo- – they're two games back behind the Ravens. There's not – you know, Deshaun Watson they, isn't coming to week 11. It's going to take him two weeks to get his fucking feet wet. By that point, they're going to be third or fourth in this division. Mm-hmm. They've got to win this fucking game. Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they bring out there. We get a fun uh, AFC South – or North division matchup to keep our eyes on for noon on Sunday. The uh, let's talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars loss in Indy. They beat they lost to the Colts 27 34 was that end score. Um, they had the lead, it was back and forth. I mean, they were up 14 to 3 with nearly two minutes left in the half before the uh Colts started putting touchdowns on the board. Um, actually, it was it was 14 to 3 with nearly two minutes left in the half, and then it was 14 13 at halftime. Whoops, blinked <laughs> and it's gone. Uh, this isn't the first time the Jaguars have started a game real hot with a two touchdown or almost two you know two score lead and then lose it. Uh, they were up twenty one to nineteen into the fourth quarter, and then we had a little back and forth. Colts with a fur- early fourth quarter touchdown. Jaguars take the lead back with just over two minutes, and then um, Ryan goes deep to that rookie wide receiver to end it. I worry about Matt Ryan. (laughs) (coughs) Matt Ryan threw the ball goddamn near 60 times. Yeah. That is an old-ass man to be throwing that ball 60 times. And Tom Brady's doing it. (laughs) The Colts desperately, desperately need their running back back. 
this is not a balanced team right now. They are lucky that the Jaguars are not very good. But if Jonathan Taylor doesn't get back soon, Matt Ryan's arm's going to fucking fall off. Yeah. Um, to throw the ball 60 times and still walk away under 400 yards, I mean, you knew they were basically passing on every single fucking play. Um, very one-dimensional. Frank Reich is not putting his players in a, in a great position. I know they won this game. I know they're 3-2-1. and one. I know they're still in it in this division. But that's only because the Jacksonville Jaguars are not very good. Uh, but, but there's a lot yeah. of talent on the Jaguars that they're just not optimizing correctly. Two teams, yeah, dinking and dunking down the field. You're right, because uh, Trevor Lawrence threw 20 for 22 and had 165 yards. <laughs> like, uh, how how did that happen? Okay. Um, the Colts had to turn to Deion Jackson, who I'm not too familiar with, but had over 100 yards from scrimmage because he had 79 through the air. Um that was uh, kind of, yeah, kind of out of nowhere. So they're, they're they scraping by, but they can beat the the Jaguars as long as they're not in Jacksonville. Yeah. So, yeah, we got that one right. We saw that one coming. Uh, but where do these teams go from here? That's another story. I think it's going to get tougher as we move forward. The Colts have to go play in Tennessee this week. Uh, Titans coming off their bye. Who do you like in Colts at Titans for that uh, AFC South? I like a rested Titans team against this Colts team that is still not full strength. Um, I think it's probably going to be a Titans win. The Titans are inexplicably not as good as they were last year. Um, Mm -hmm. They didn't get a lot better. The Colts are obviously worse than they were last year. So I'm I'm going to take the Titans, especially at home. Um, Yeah, I just I don't have a lot of love for these Colts this year. Well, injury-plagued Colts, Chargers, there's a few other teams. They're just too injury-plagued right now to yeah to put on the, the best uh, positions on their team. I like the Titans, too, at home. Uh, and then the Giants uh, go to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. Uh, from what I'm hearing, Jaguars are, like, favored by spread right now, but, man, it's just because they're at home. Who do you like, Dan, Giants at Jaguars? I actually do like the Jaguars. I'm going to agree with the favor here. Um the Giants have done such a good job of scheming. You know, mm-hmm. it, they've done such a good job in the fourth quarter making adjustments. But like I said, they're not an incredibly talented team. They are kind of bizarro Jaguars. Jaguars are loaded with talent, and they have no idea what the fuck to do with it. You know, <laughs> there's like, there's no plan for the talent, especially the running posi- running back position. You have Travic- Travis Etienne, you have James Robinson. What are you doing with them? Right. You know, you have this supposedly generational fucking quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. What are you doing with him? I think Jacksonville being at home, I'm going to take them to kind of stop this hot streak that the Giants are on. I think it's actually going to be a really fun game, though. I can't wait to watch this. I'm going to cheer for it. I'm going to hope the Jaguars uh, can pull out the win there. That'll help uh, some NFC uh, seeding. <laughs> think real far ahead. But... um I don't know. I think the Giants uh, can rely on Saquon Barkley. Daniel Jones isn't fumbling a bunch here, uh, turning the ball over. He's getting enough time in the pocket that he can be a game manager, and that's all they need right now, especially where Jaguars will make those mistakes, I think. So I like the Giants in this one. Uh, there's you go, Dan. There's another one. We have different each other. Um, let's talk about the other New York team's big win, uh, the New York Jets. Winning in Lambeau, they beat the Packers and they beat them twenty-seven to ten. Do you want to uh, talk about this game? <laughs> the four and two New York Jets. Well, yeah, I watched a good amount of this one. This was the game on the other channel. Um, uh, 
this is kind of what we saw from the Packers offense. They have a lot of problems uh, in sections of games now where they seem to just dry up and f- can't figure out how to get the ball moving again. And there was a lot of pressure on Rodgers that, that game too. He's getting in his face. And there was, a, yeah, it was an ugly one for the Packers most of this game. Now, the Jets did not have a full game either in this one. This game was three all at the half. Both teams didn't look like they could figure it out offensively for the first half, honestly. It was a rainy game that was going on, and then Jets, I don't know, their defense kind of kicked their offense into gear, and then good running game by Brees Hall, who might just be running away with Rookie of the Year right now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Robert Sala was supposed to be a defensive mastermind, right? Right. And you put a couple of games like this together where your defense is holding the MVP to less than 300 yards on a ton of fucking attempts. Um, they couldn't get an interception. That's just really because Aaron Rodgers doesn't fucking throw interceptions. But the Packers cannot get a run game going. They won't get a run game going. And, you know, after the game, far oh, I was about to say Favre, uh, Rodgers talks about how you need to simplify the offense, simplify the offense. I don't see a lot of complicated shit going on. I just see guys not getting fucking separation. That's yeah. all I see. And I think the coach of the Packers even said that. He's like, well, I don't really know what that means, simplify the offense. So that's great. That's great to hear the infighting here in Green Bay. But, um, no, they – damn. I mean, a Jets win in Lambeau. The Vikings, you know, if my, if my team can't take advantage of this this season, come on. <laughs> well, so you guys decided to go on a bye week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we got the win the, the week they did that, but, yeah, these these losses and the wins and stuff like that, you know, that they add up. So you really, uh, this is this is a big one. But um, Jets, yeah, uh, feeling good here at Sauce Gardner, having a Ooh, big game. He looks real. Sauce yeah. Gardner looks, the Jets just seem to be able to draft fucking corners and, you know, DBs. Uh, so good job there, Jets organization. The Bears draft yeah. linebackers, the Jets draft DBs. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, all of a sudden, Jets look like they could be something actually for real. I mean, you got to take advantage uh, seriously right now at four and two. I think you have to. And this doesn't mean the Packers are dead. This probably means they'll be maybe active in the trade uh, field as it comes up here from the deadline. So but we'll see who what... do you bring in for the Packers? Who fixes this? You know what I mean? I yeah. Christian McCaffrey? Yeah, is it another <laughs> wide receiver? Is is the running game the problem? A.J. Dillon isn't bad when he's featured. You true. know? Aaron they Jones both... isn't bad when they're featured, but they're not they... featured. That's true. Yeah, they don't like to go to him. And they, were, they weren't they were having a great game this one either. But No. Uh, but... Maybe they'll feel better this week. They go on the road to the Commanders. They get Trevor Heineke, who has to start. Um, what do you think, Dan? The Packers better beat the shit out of this Washington football team. <laughs> the Commanders suck. They're fucking terrible, and they beat the Bears barely. The Packers have got to get healthy against the Commanders. I want a three-score victory, minimum. Yeah. Anything less than that, and I am worried about the Packers long-term. Um, I, Taylor yeah. Heineke is going to have a fun game, though. I think it'll be a low-scoring game. I think it's going to be defensive uh, forward. I think it's going to be a lot of field goals, maybe. Um, Packers will pull it out. Packers will get the win here. I'm not taking commanders in any games right now. Appreciate that. Uh, I like Green Bay. Cowboys-Eagles. Let's talk about it, Dan. 17-26. to 26. Uh, This game was all Eagles to start. I'm... 
I I give you credit if you didn't turn it off, if you stuck stuck through. It was twenty nothing to start the game, twenty to three at halftime. But heading into the fourth quarter, you got three point game, twenty to seventeen. Just uh, then the Eagles did enough to to spread it out from there, take the lead uh, to the two score and uh, and the win. So the Eagles at home beat the Cowboys by nine points. Yep. With Cooper Rush as the starter. I see where you're going. Cooper Rush threw three interceptions. Yep. Two of them early on, and the third one a critical fucking mistake on a drive where we absolutely had beaten their DB like a fucking drum. And if you throw that ball a half second earlier, that's a touchdown. CD was wide the fuck open on the sidelines. Three interceptions by a backup quarterback who threw for less than 50% of his completions. And statistically, this entire year has not been phenomenal. This Eagles defense does not scare me. This Eagles offense does not fucking scare me either. The Cowboys defense held them. If the offense on the Cowboys side had been able to do anything, we would have forced the Eagles to make a ton more fucking mistakes. Instead, they played kind of tight ball control offense. They weren't explosive, not against our team. Um, And by the time Lane Johnson actually went out with an injury, this tide really, really turned. We were able to score um, 10 points and really close that gap pretty quickly. Um, Sorry, we scored 17 kind of to their they scored 20 we scored 17 we were right there we had this fucking thing credit to the eagles not letting the momentum swing all the way um and they got a they got a pretty good drive on us to end that game i mean 15 plays um almost eight minutes that was a that was a bit of a boot to the throat moment to give you know some credit to the eagles at the end of the game but we were in this fucking thing um Mm -hmm. we didn't quit you could tell things were getting tight in Philadelphia when we started crawling back in that third quarter, and I love. Oh sure, it. I love that feeling. Yeah, that, that you're right. That, but that last drive was is one of those things that you see good teams do, and that's the one thing the Eagles have been able to do: put teams away. Um, they're you know you look at their schedule and they they're not going to be uh, tested to a diamond like uh, team here. They they're gonna. We'll see how things go. There's going to be some attrition. There's going to be some injuries. Um, but they're very well set up to not have too many losses throughout this season. Uh, the Cowboys uh, will be getting more healthy here. Seems like Dak's on his way back mm-hmm. from what I'm hearing. It's Lions at Cowboys this week. Is Dak, uh, do you think he's starting? I think he probably is. But whether he is or isn't, whether they decide to let him go past the bye week, I'm still picking a Cowboys victory. I think the Cowboys, with a competent Cooper Rush that isn't throwing interceptions, with that defense, they can beat anybody. Yeah. Um, so I'm still picking the Cowboys here. I, I have to shit on the Eagle. I have to give them a credit for that you know, boot-on-the-throat drive. But aside from that, I ain't scared of these fucking Philadelphia Eagles, and I ain't picking them. Fuck them. <laughs> well, you don't have to pick them this week. They're on a bye week for week seven. I pick them to lose the bye week. Fuck them. <laughs> uh, you pick the Texans to lose the bye week, and they fire Jack Easterby, so technically they won. That's true. Now, that um, is a W. I think uh, I got to pick this Lions-Cowboys one, too, and I think you're right. I think Cowboys defense keeps that high-scoring Lions offense uh, down to 17, 20 points or whatever, and – and that's not enough. That's not enough because Detroit's defense sucks. So I mm-hmm. like Dallas at home. Um, Figure it out, well, Aaron Glenn. Shit. I mean, yeah. not this week, but, you know, in the future weeks. <laughs> One more game. Uh, overtime 
uh, Monday Nighter. Let's just tack this on at the end. Broncos 16, Chargers 19. Um, Chargers win it uh, due to a muffed punt in overtime. This game was 13-10, Broncos at the half. Uh, we went to overtime at 13 all. Both teams punted. Uh, the the muff punt was actually a guy, his own player getting shoved into him after a fair catch. Uh, completely legal, though. you oh, got to yeah. watch where you're blocking. Chargers win it on a 39-yard field goal. So I feel like the Broncos are like oral herpes. <laughs> Everything they touch seems to just be like, you're about to have a fucking bad game. And it's transmissible, you know? They have a fucking bad game last week, Thursday night, fucking awful. Mm -hmm. Then they come out and they have a bad fucking week against the normally very exciting Chargers. This was just a fucking junk game. Russell Wilson looks like shit. He makes other teams play like shit. These are not fun games. I'm not enjoying Denver Bronco games. I know Denver Broncos fans certainly fucking aren't. Um, But the Broncos don't look like they're getting it together. They don't look like they have a cohesive plan anyway. You know, they're not starting Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon didn't touch the ball in the second half, which is yeah. crazy to me because, you know, it's not like Latavius Murray was tearing it the fuck up. Um, you know, Mike Boone does nothing. I mean, they were trying to feature him as a third down back and he can't catch a fucking cold. Mm-hmm. And Russell Wilson doesn't make good decisions. Russell Wilson threw for just over 50% completion. That's not what you paid Russell Wilson for. And it's not like the Chargers' defense was amazing. They sat J.C. Jackson because he kept getting fucking burned. You know, J.C. Jackson got burned by K.J. Hamler, and they're like, hey, we can't do this. I know you're our big free agent acquisition, but you're playing like shit. He's been playing like shit for a couple weeks. This Chargers team is 4-2. and They don't feel like it. This Denver Broncos team is 2-4, and and they also don't feel like it. They don't feel like they should have any fucking wins. Um, These are both teams... These are both teams for whom this game made things a lot more crystal clear. The Broncos are bad. The Chargers need work. Mm-hmm. Uh, 19 to 16 at home against a bad Broncos offense. You've got to do better than that, Justin Herbert. You've got to do better than that. Um, just not a good enough game from these Chargers. Broncos are bad. I'm almost tombstoning them, especially in this division. But the Chargers have got to figure this shit out and quick. Yeah, it's weird. Um, Denver games. I mean, they're n- nobody's putting up a bunch of points on them, so maybe their defense is their defense scheming, is good. Yeah, scheming enough that they are keeping these games tight enough, and that's got to be just frustrating as heck when you're multi-million dollar, you know, for many, many, many seasons, quarterback can't throw touchdowns, can't you know, settles for field goals, and then I, it seems it seems like it's. Um, the fun thing to do to shout out Russell Wilson right now. And I think somebody who gets a big old contract to go somewhere else to play where he didn't have all the success and it not work out is, is, is a fun, it's, it's a fun thing for people to see. And I don't know how much Russell Wilson deserves this stuff or not, but uh, you know, that everyone's kind of getting a chuckle out of this, but he's but also I, really hurt. True, yeah, and now he's got this hamstring thing, and and he's I think he's been playing injured in the last year with the finger and all that stuff. Like this game, after so many injuries, takes it out on your body, and you're not going to be. Not everybody can bounce back to what they were, so not going to be your freshest, right? And he's at the end of his career. It feels like maybe they are paying him more than what he probably should have for his, you know, the, the, seven years or whatever, but. That can't blame the guy for collecting when he could. Get that bag. Um, 
he there was even a shot at halftime of him standing there trying to high five everybody as they walked into the locker room to be like the last one like standing there in the middle of the line as everyone's just trying to get in they're up by three but just everyone looked just put out by it so I don't know there's a it's a like leadership locker room coach something issue in Denver and yeah that stuff is hard to fix especially midstream when you're losing overtime games Russell Wilson needs to beat the shit out of somebody (laughs) <laughs> That's what needs to happen. He needs to find a teammate, talk shit about him, and he needs to fuck that guy up. He needs to fuck up his whole life. He needs to like injure that motherfucker. Really hurt him. Hurt him bad. Yeah. Uh, because everybody thinks Russell Wilson's fucking soft. And all of these injury issues don't help that situation. He's mm-hmm. like, well, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. And everybody's like, yeah, but you're a multimillionaire, bitch. Like, figure it out. Be the difference maker. And he has not been a difference maker in a positive way this year. I think and- the Broncos are in free fall. Yeah, and it's not just him. 151 penalty yards last night. That was the most on Monday Night Football ever since they tracked the stat, which was uh, since 2000, which I find interesting. You didn't track penalties in Monday Night Football? <laughs> it's got to be somewhere. Anyways. That's on coaching, though. That's co- Penalties yeah, are coaching. That that's why yeah, I get on Mike McCarthy. That's coaching, yeah. Um, okay, two more games to pick, and then we'll wrap up the show. The Jets at Broncos this week. Jets are fun. Jets are fun. But the Jets are going all the way across the country, playing in mile high, and the Broncos' defense is very good. I'm going to pick the Broncos. Uh, Okay. The Jets are 4-2, but I think the Broncos' defense is really, really good, and Zach Wilson has not been super impressive. He's been dragged along by this defense, um, but it's a very different situation. I I think the Broncos win this one at home. They desperately need to. We actually get four... uh afternoon games this week finally um, spread it out make sure bit. that we don't have we don't have an early start though that's uh for following week we mm-hmm. gate we got a, that jaguars london game um give me jets give me jets on the road i don't like what denver's doing and i go pick them i see where you're going and, and it does make sense in that thin air but i'm gonna take my i'm gonna take these jets there you go you can, hey you know i'm making some making some picks this week you have a chance to get back or maybe deeper in the hole <laughs> <laughs> and then Seahawks at Chargers. Who are you liking that one? <sighs> yeah, my, yeah. My brain, my brain tells me Chargers, mm-hmm. but my heart tells me Seahawks. Uh oh. But my fantasy team is led by Justin Herbert, so uh-huh. that's gonna. I'm gonna go Herbert. I'm gonna believe. I'm a Herbert pervert. I'm ready. I'm ready to root <laughs> for the. Is that boy. what they call it? Do they? That's what I'm calling it. Uh, so I'm I'm going Justin Herbert and the the Chargers getting this thing together. I think J.C. Jackson getting benched. I don't know if it's going to make him play better, but uh, I, I think it's a shot across the bow to that defense, and I think that's good. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't have. I'm not fully uh, ready to buy into the Seattle Seahawks. I'll take the Chargers. I'll take the Chargers at home here too. Those are all of the games for Week uh, Seven, and those were all of them that happened in Week Six. So we just completed. Uh, to get us caught up on the picks, because Dan got me on those two other ones, he doubles his lead with me. I am at 51 correct for the season. Dan, you're 55. Feels good. Feels good. Congrats, congrats. And uh, you guys, let's see if he extends it or not. We've got three games different this week. In fact, I think I can recap which ones we picked differently because we've got our Thursday night uh, Cardinals. We're both picking that one. It was, I picked Browns um, over Ravens. Yep. Uh, you're taking the Ravens. Um, 
I'm taking the Jets on the road in Denver. You're taking the Broncos. And then the last one was... Uh, you took Giants over Jaguars. That's right. Giants and Jaguars. All right, so we got three there. Uh, makes it fun on those games that uh, really have little on the wait for us. <laughs> uh, but thank you guys so much for watching uh, watching and listening to this podcast. Come back next week. We'll see Maybe where we're at. Maybe you just stare at your phone while you... Who That's knows? Right. I don't know how you. I don't know how you ingest this. <laughs> uh, come back next week when we'll catch us back up on where we're at in the picks, what happened uh, for the week, and um, yeah, where everybody else is. Uh, we've got our bye week set up for this week: uh, Rams and Vikings. The uh, who else was it? The Eagles. Goddamn Eagles! And the Bills. Yep. So but there's no right, bye everybody. weeks here at the push off. No, we, we're here we, every week until the fucking end of the season. You know why? Because we don't get paid, so we don't get bye weeks. <laughs> All right, Dan. Crazy stats. Ooh. Uh, we'll go with uh, Tyreek Hill has three games with ten catches and over a hundred and fifty yards this season. Whew. That's a Dolphins franchise record. No other Miami receiver has ever done it more than once. My God. Yeah, in the history of Miami. Hey, a trade that makes both teams happy. <clears throat> there you go. And then uh, my other one was, uh, oh, d- turnover differential so far right now. Um, in second place tied are both the purple teams, my Vikings and the Ravens, a plus four. But they are a far shade from first place right now in the turnover differential, the Philadelphia Eagles at plus 12. Yeah, helps when fucking dumb nuts. Everybody just handed them the ball. That's that's how they're winning. And it turns out turnover differential is an important stat. Who knew? Shitty-ass Eagles. Anyways, everybody, that's our show for this week. Uh, thank you so much for joining. Um, Dan, parting words of wisdom. Even though we're getting ready to hand out a couple tombstones here and there, it cannot be overstated how incredibly even this team and these, sorry, this year has been and these teams have been all throughout the divisions. If you look at every division, save the NFC North, there's not a clear number one anywhere. That's something to be said about the NFL's parity. The fact that the Texans are still technically in this, even after looking like a fucking awful team. The fact that even the Carolina Panthers, who just fired their head coach, are only two games out of the lead of their division. A breathtakingly fun year and a very, very balanced NFL. uh, Make this the best fucking sport to watch. Can't wait. Can't wait for week seven. I'm sure all that was great, but I just stopped listening after you said that the NFC North had a uh, strong leader. (laughs) 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 Gotta enjoy it while I can, huh? Hey, maybe you enjoy it all year. (sighs) Let us do it. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode of the Push Up Podcast. I'm going to enjoy this all year. I am Scott. And this is Dan. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.